Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Gagongo and Mike Munzenreiter to speculate about some recent free agents. But first, you know we gotta talk about Supreme's new video, Play Dead. After some music rights drama, the video finally made it online, and we all watched Patrick. What's your first impression of Play Dead? All right, I'm gonna start with this opening statement. The two best skaters on planet Earth are two black men from New York and New Jersey, respectively. Tyshawn Jones and Ishad Ware. Speaking about Tyshawn and Play Dead, he's the main event. You can fast forward all the way to the end and just watch Tyshawn's part. Tyshawn is it. He has it all. He's got speed, he's got technique, he's got style, he's got fits. Just him skating trash cans in a bike lane, in traffic, out of traffic, Yo, oh my goodness, this was, and apparently he has another part that's going to be coming out on Friday. We are recording this on Thursday, December the 1st. Tyshawn is gunning for Sodi. Very much so, it seems. And I think we have to look at this video framed against that, because take that away. If this had come out at the beginning of this year, do y'all think that this would be considered, oh, this is part of a Sodi run? Because right now, like, this is peak Sodi decision season. I got some other ideas and other feelings about other folks in the video and definitely about the music supervision. And I definitely wish Jason was here. Mike, what are your first impressions? Hmm. There's too much Supreme content out. Like, when did that Milan video come out? Was that this? That was this year, right? No, that was last year. Yeah, see, it's all kind of like massing together in my head. TJ absolutely delivered. One of my buddies was like, ah, it's all trash cans. I'm like, okay. There was a lot of trash cans, but... Good grief, he uh, he came through, and I think it was uh, Walker Ryan who pointed out just how messed up that like high ledge gap to high ledge 360 flip that TJ did. Um, that'll be in the show notes, just showing how like messed up the runway is and everything. I feel like the video didn't, for me at least, the video didn't really get going until like the second half. I'm not maybe a thousand percent sold on all the new kids. I like some of the established dudes better, but. Yeah, is there is there anything there, Templeton? Totally, I, I felt the same way. I was like, this first half is kind of dragging, and then maybe when Ben Cato came on, that part was like really fucking good. I thought I always kind of forget that I like Ben Cato, like I like his skating, like I, I think he seems like a kind of person that I wouldn't really want to hang out with, but I love watching his skating because it's like it, it's like angry and like unhinged and unpredictable. And, I think that's rad. He, he jumped in the East River. <laughs> How do you even I, get out? Where do you get out there? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that that part was so funny to me because he, he like does the trick and he, he climbs on the pile of trash and is kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing here. What's my exit? How do I how do I look cool? Fuck, I guess I gotta jump in the river. Like you know, it wasn't like, all right, I'm gonna do this trick and jump in the river. It was it is spontaneous and maybe regretful. It was that or, like, body slam the pile of trash and get a tetanus shot. Or body slam a pedestrian. There was definitely, there was a lot of physical contact in this video, which I was shocked at. Like, yo, there's that one dude who takes a bo- Tyshawn's board straight to his chest. Security <laughs> guards trying to reach over and touch people. Uh, Tyshawn almost running into somebody who's, I guess, taking a picture of, taking a picture of a woman on the sidewalk. Yeah, that, was, that one, like, I, I'm okay with all of them except for that one. That one seemed like... You know, running into, like, trying to weave through some civilians. Like, they don't know what's going on, like, how to predict what a skater is doing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I interpreted that as homie was taking, you know, at the behest of his girlfriend, taking fashion shots and was probably standing there too long now that I think about it. I um, guess if he was standing there too long and maybe, like, Tyshawn had done a couple tries to, and, like, there should have been some kind of understanding of what's happening then I guess, you know, that's okay. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like with civilians, like, you can't really expect much. So you got to just just let them pass. And you, you take the Nick Stain route of just getting more and more frustrated waiting mm-hmm. to run at the trick. I will say, though, I mean, we're talking Sodi or, like, 120 likes on the photo, max. I side <laughs> with TJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And it was like, you could tell that he was irritated. He was like, oh, God, I got to take another one of these pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he got the kid got the short end of the stick by yeah. both being the captive photographer and then getting um, 
Yeah, high speed, high speed chased. Yeah, practice. Come on, take take better photos of your partner. This way, you could do it one and done instead of just standing there and they gotta art direct you and everything like that. And you're just huffing and puffing, and the next thing you know, you're just angry for the rest of the afternoon. So maybe Tyshawn did this guy a favor, gave him an out, <laughs> breaking up the relationship. I mean, the photo session at the very least. You know, maybe Tyshawn can just pull up and just be like, yo, you know, my man over here, he takes photos. He could do that real good. Anyway, <laughs> back to the video. Ben Cato has actually, he's really grown on me. And it seems like in terms of group chat discourse, skate Twitter and slap discourse that a lot of people have developed some fondness for him. And what kind of saddens me, though, is that there's a lot of folks who we just got glimpses of them. For example, like Beatrice just turned pro. We got one trick from Beatrice. One trick. Come yeah, on, th son. this video seemed kind of like a bit of a changing of the guard, you know, like all the folks from Cherry or everybody but KB from Cherry, excuse me, all the kids from Cherry, the ones that like Cherry jettisoned them into the stratosphere, those are kind of like the elder statesmen now and they all made appearances. And then there's like this new batch of kids and it felt like the, the new batch of kids was not as exciting as Tyshawn, Sage, Sean Pablo. Kevin Bradley. Mm, I don't know, because uh, Vincent, one of the Italian kids who was in the Rats edit from last year, I really liked him. He it seems like he's gotten a little bit of a growth spurt, and his style is it smoothed out a bit. I mean, it, it happened with LeVar McBride. It happened with with Cater, and now it's happened with Vincent. And actually, I actually like those Rats videos. I like, I like the Milan crew, and I like their skating. Oh, also... I can't find any information about the, the dude, and this is why, again, this is why I wish Jason was here to do some next-level internet research. I can't find anything on Seven Strong, and I actually really, really like Seven Strong in this video, because Seven Strong has a 90s 360 flip instead of a yo flip. Also a great name. I was thinking about it today. I was like, that'd be a good band name. <laughs> or a, a brand, kind of like a skate brand. I was thinking a hardcore band, but there's not usually seven people in a hardcore band. Can but, be. Yeah. It just, maybe you got like a, a hype man or something, like Mighty Mighty Boston style. Uh, but Seven Strong would be a great band name, but it's also a great skater's name. I thought I thought he was ripping. Who else? I don't know. Everybody kind of was ripping. But kind of not at the same time, too, because I would admit the same frustration that everybody else has. The angles in some of these cases, like, for example, uh, the angles in the ruins of the Brooklyn Banks. Like, who's the homie who did the South Flip? At the uh, at the Brooklyn Banks, was that Troy Gibson? Maybe it would have been so much better from down below. Come on, yo! And I gotta say that that's like a finger flip. The south flip is fancier. Oh, but okay. I, I wholly agree. Like, okay, tight. You're skating like the Brooklyn Banks stairs and ruins, but you can't actually tell. Like, yeah, I'm usually more of an angle apologist when it comes to this stuff, but there was some stuff. There were there were a couple shots in there that were just plain old not doing anybody favors yeah um, i came to the conclusion today I, I think bill films people not skateboarding so it, it's yeah. more about the person and not and like the experience that they're having and not necessarily about the actual trick which is is so weird but yeah that's just kind of the style that he's developed and i wonder if he thinks like all right there's going to be photos of these tricks where you're going to see it better and like everybody knows what the d7 stairs are like so i don't need to show that in this clip because everybody has the whole history of skateboarding to reference along with it, watching this yeah and early on in the video having watched i think you know kind of our, our non-topics the the, the 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 video that we're just kind of sweeping under the rug having watched two nyjah parts that use some extensive long lens but it's very static long lens that like almost like lessens the impact Early on in this video, I was like, okay, yeah, this is actually how you need to do it if you're going to do long lens. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, it's tough to do it well, I think, is, is the point here. But I do agree with you, Templeton. That's a great observation that it, it is the people. And what having talked to Bill for that quarter snacks thing I did earlier this year, like, he's more interested in do these people look sick than necessarily documenting a skateboard trip. So how do we address the elephant in the room? There are observers, skaters, commentators who feel that there's something rather disturbing or in some cases even straight up exploitative about the way that Bill films people, particularly women. How do you address it? Because his response might be, well, that's just your opinion, man. 
it it just seems like kind of throwback you know like that stuff that you would see in videos from the early 90s or even early 2000s but that's just like kind of not not how we roll these days except for bill and like you know a few other people but i think that it's it's like falling out of favor you know kind of like filming the unhoused and like people having like freakouts it's just like not that cool anymore we've seen a lot of it but i think about this line it's like a ricky yoyola line i think it's like maybe the first line in eastern exposures three where he, he like does like a frontside 180 and like dan wolf kind of almost does like an upskirt on some girl walking down the street and then does switch wally and that yep. always like kind of stood out to me and it's kind of like the same in the same vein or in a similar vein yeah when you look back on it when you now have the vocabulary to describe what's happening, you realize that you actually feel uncomfortable. And that's a very strange feeling. And I think a lot of us in skateboarding are grappling with that in looking back at old videos, looking back at stuff by Larry Clark, Harmony Corinne, but also looking at stuff by, by Bill Strobeck. And I don't know, I, it, it's, it's important for us to be talking about it here, but there's a lot of people who are now copying Bill's style not just the close-ups, but also the, the awkwardness, and in some cases, even the, the borderline or straight-up creepiness. How do you address that? You know, kids are already feeling like, we're all, you know, us old heads are telling them what to do all the time. What do you do there? I, I feel like kids are more uh, in tune with this stuff than the older folks. Like, I, I don't think that you're going to see this kind of filming in, I don't know, what's it, like a weekend video or... 917 you're not ever going to see a 917 video um again i don't know new brand like they're not going to do that i i think that this is like something that's just going to like work itself out and i think it's worth noting i think especially in this video there was less of it and when there was i don't know there was a woman cheering on i forget the trick switch feel maybe you know it seemed like there was more um happy engagement with what was going on than just, you know, filming someone who, yeah, isn't having a good day or whatever. I, I, I wonder if he consciously toned it down or it was just happenstance or what, you know, I, I, I will. And it's a little bit of devil's advocacy too, you know, like people in public places interacting with people. Like I know some people in these situations that we've described and what we've seen in skate videos necessarily can't get out of there if they don't want to be on video. But there is an element of like, you're out there and I guess letter of the law, a lot of it's legal and a lot of it's icky too. Oh yeah, because there's, yeah, there's an ongoing debate in spaces about what does it mean to be filmed in public and in a country like the US, it's considered fair game, correct? Yeah. You have no, you're not, it's not considered that you have a right to privacy anywhere in public. And then if you think about the most surveyed country in the Western world, uh, the UK, I mean, there's CCTV cameras on pretty much on every corner. You can't get away with anything. And that's a remnant of the troubles between um, 1969 and 1997. So that's a really good point. That's a really good point. <sighs> I don't know. And I mean, you interviewed Bill. Has, did you guys talk about it off the record at all? <laughs> I mean, technically, I wouldn't be really uh, doing myself any favors if I said so or not. But no, we Problem. didn't. I mean, I, it, it was more about the names and we got into various, uh, you know, the way he does. Well, the reason he doesn't use names or put titles or is very minimal with titles in his videos is just because, you know, he's trying to do visual things and thinking about the, the look of it without print, I guess. Not a very good answer, but. I want to know what you guys thought about Sully to open the video. It, it felt uh, like a weak opening to me. Like, you know, standard practice is best part is last, second best part is first. So it, it felt to me like less exciting than I had hoped it would be. And it even made me go back and watch the opening to Cherry because I was like, oh, maybe in Cherry, you know, they like kind of introduce the new young kids and it's kind of like the same thing. And Cherry had like a montage with you know, a bunch of the new guys, but it was just way more exciting. Yeah. What did you think, Patrick? I don't like Deftones. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah. That's like change? A, that's a complete, like, just blind spot. <laughs> you know why? My older brother loved the Deftones. Me and him don't see eye to eye in many things. So I, I purposefully 
no Deftones for me. I was wondering what the fuck that music was. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand the Deftones. And and there's something about the music supervision in this video. Lord, I feel like they are trying to bring back the worst parts of 90s mall angst suburban culture, which, oh, can't stand it. And here's the weird thing. Deftones covered a lot of music that I like. They covered Wax and Wayne by Cocteau Twins. They were really big into shoegaze, and it seemed like that they were... They had actually cool taste. They just made really whack music, which is often what happens. Like you can have very, very good taste and be in a miserable band. And then you can have really blase and pedestrian taste and make incredible music. Oh, by the way, I have mixed feelings about Ben Cato skating to Billy Joel because I can't stand Billy Joel. It worked I though. I feel like Yeah, that was <laughs> It did work. It worked. It worked, but <laughs> that was high irony. And it was good. Yeah, Billy Joel is touch and go for me. I, I had to laugh a little bit. There's like great. It's a great nod to all the dads out there to run a black sheep song. And it's just it's it's funny that like a 40 year old dude's musical tastes are like an important part of the marketing for what is considered one of the cutting edge like youth brands in the like a global cutting edge youth brand. Is, yeah. is is molded by the musical taste of a 40-something-year-old dude. It's it's <laughs> kind of the most skate shit you could get, yeah. but at the same time, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's basically it's basically Central and Eastern Europe and Strobeck, and um, I can't remember the music supervisor's name for this video, but Supreme's music uh, direction that are keeping Golden Age, uh, Golden Age hip-hop alive. I've got a feeling that, yeah, Strobeck picks the music. Whoever was listed in the, the credits, I saw them. They're doing music clearance. I'm I'm sure that Bill has ultimate say over what's in there, music-wise. Okay, by the way, we have to address the el- another elephant in the room. We've got a practical zoo here. Metallica, one. I like it. I like Metallica. I've always liked one. I think it worked for the skating. Also, big, big Nick Stain fan. That's like the most Nick Stain footage we've had all in one place in a really long time. So it's like thumbs up all around for me. There's so many better Metallica songs, I, though. I, I don't I disagree. Gotta, I got to step in and complain about like an editing choice where, like the heart, like when the song is actually fast and hard, we get the Vince. Can you say his last name for me, uh, Patrick? Tuzeri. We got Vince Tuzeri, like skating during the hard part. When God damn it, you should be doing like some Nick Stain high speed fisheye lines during that part. Yeah, that dude's really good, and I I do think the Metallica worked well. Okay, okay. I just, I, I don't know, because um, for those who are listening, this morning, the the video was supposed to drop at 8 a.m. Pacific, like 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And apparently, due to a rights and clearance snafu, it was delayed until well into the afternoon on the West Coast, early evening on the East Coast. And, you know, you, you reckon that with a global, multi, maybe what, multi-billion dollar brand like VF, that this would have been sorted yesterday last week a month ago but i also understand that the folks in the metallica camp can be very very strict about their licensing but then they've been doing a bunch of skateboard stuff they're doing a joint with powell there was the old puss head graphics from way back in the day they metallica has always been in the skateboard orbit so i don't understand maybe it's not even the band maybe it's their publishers or maybe it is their um maybe it's their record label you know whoever actually owns the rights to the to the album that there was some beef there Lars saw the edit and he was kind of like uh, a little miffed about the same thing I was, where it's like Vince during the hard part and they got negotiating, but ultimately, you know, Bill won out. They signed off on the edit. I, I think the most likely thing <laughs> is they did all the clearances properly and the algorithm just caught it and said no. And this I, can't be. Yeah, and then they had to like you know get some YouTube rep on the phone and be like, "Hey, man, we've got the paperwork. Like, let us through." The interesting oh. thing is, lots of other people were posting it. Like, so, you know, some somehow the video was posted long enough that people could rip it and share links and stuff, and people were reposting it. And I don't, I don't know how those guys got it through, but Supreme didn't. Maybe it's like how the channel is. Interestingly, the Supreme channel just has the one video and only 4,500 subscribers. So something something weird there too. Something very weird. So then here's the question. Supreme is one of the biggest skateboarding brands in the world. 
definitely top five. So is it right or wrong to be sharing an illegal rip of the video? Morally neutral. Yeah, I mean, like, fuck it, I say. I mean, especially when it's, like, day of and there's, like, a snafu. Like, cat's already out of the bag. Just fucking let it rip. I mean, it's an ad, you know? It's an ad for Supreme Clothes. So, can't feel that bad. And, yeah, there is an element of the way these videos are where it feels... I mean, all skateboard videos are just marketing vehicles, but... There is a heightened feeling of that, at least for me, with these Supreme edits. And maybe it's just because everybody's so fucking geared out. But yeah, I, I, I mean, full disclosure, <laughs> we shared a file to be able to watch it because it wasn't actually legitimately on the internet for a little while. And uh, yeah, that's an is what it is. Hey, you know what? Uh, it's called research. I mean, Mike Templeton, you are both respected journalists. You've probably done some stuff that's gray area legal to get the scoop, right? I, I've certainly done a lot of gray area legal stuff in general. I don't think I've done anything like that for a story, but just in, in my daily life, sure. Yeah, I'm more into like stealing a sign if I need to cover a crack. Yeah, I keep it above board otherwise. Oh, speaking about being kitted out, there were definitely some great jerseys in this video uh, Sage Elsesser, always great to see him on board. He's rocking a Brazilian uh, Robinho jersey. And there was also the Supreme Dynasty slash Italy jersey. There was a black version, there was a white version. Supreme's jersey game is tight. Also, the the drop they did, was it a couple weeks ago, for Public Image Limited? They had the trench coat, the baseball jersey. Here's the thing about Supreme. They make amazing work clothes. They make really good pants that you can wear to work and their button-ups, their dress shirts. I have a few of them now, mostly bought on consignment up on Melrose. So got to be frugal. Come on, can't just be buying everything at full price. But um, I find that they, they work really well for how I like to dress when I have to go to formal events or semi-formal events. They give you just, just enough flair, just enough cool in there, but you, know, you don't look that out of place. You look like someone's like, oh, this is someone who knows how to dress. So shout out to Supreme. Yo, send me a work wardrobe for real, for real. <laughs> Even though I illegally downloaded your video. <laughs> but we've all spent enough money uh, with y'all overall. So question, uh, both of y'all have mentioned the idea of changing of the guard. It's something that happens not just in skateboarding, but in professional sports. What's next for Supreme? I mean, is it going to be Rats and the Violet crew who are going to be bringing up things? You know, they've just opened. Where's the newest shop that they just opened? Chicago. Chicago. Okay, maybe it's maybe Supreme's gonna be Supreme's gonna be thinking it cracks open Chicago. I mean, a lot of people have talked about it as being the forbidden city. You know, locals only don't come here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it definitely felt like a changing of the guard. You know, I think some of those guys are kind of phasing out. And like Tyshawn was like the new young kid in Cherry, and now he's the one carrying the video and play dead. So it's it's definitely an evolution. And you know, there's a bunch of fresh faces in there. So. I, th I think there's at least a few more videos that, that Supreme is going to make with, with Bill. And maybe maybe he'll phase out and like concentrate on Violet and pass the reins on to somebody else. But I don't know. I've got to imagine it's a pretty like rad job to be the video guy for Supreme. Worth, worth pointing out, TJ is 23. so He's 23. 23 ollied over a Philly trash can. Which is, I've, I said this on Twitter, it's probably the highest alley. It's like world Ever. record highest Ollie. Reese Forbes is sick right now. <laughs> I, I think he's probably okay with it. You know, like he didn't win his own high Ollie contest. So Danny Wainwright couldn't Ollie that either, though. Yeah. I, like <laughs> yeah. The, the current high Ollie is 45.5 inches, which is. And it was like, that Powell kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Adrian something. Yeah. But yeah, like those trash cans, way bigger than 45.5 inches. I would imagine it's, like, low chest high on me as a little guy. I would say it's, like, probably 50 inches tall. Good God. You know, like, so skateboard is 48. Skate, like, one and two-thirds skateboards. Yeah. Roughly. My God. Like, that, I think, alone, that alone, and, and serious criticism. There's got to be uh, an alternate angle poached footage of that somewhere. Because remember when the photo, we all saw the photo in Thrasher, and it broke skate twitter's collective brain out of the ollie so high over a philly trash can and then ollie into ollie into the overshot the bank yeah That's how does he do it but yeah that that 
filming on that clip was criminally bad. Someone needs to go to jail is what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that one, it wasn't even, like, that, like, artful or creative or whatever. It was just like, oh, shit, you kind of missed it, dude. It looked botched. Yeah. I feel like if I was Tyshawn, I would have, like, a, like, my personal filmer would be like, okay, go a little wide, make sure you get everything. Like, I can't, can't fucking trust Bill and his disciples. How about wow. a rolling, how about a rolling fisheye? Yeah, I mean, we, we need more HD fisheye. Looks great. It looks so <laughs> yeah. good. Tyshawn, you know, going back to Tyshawn, Tyshawn closing out this video, and him, again, having another part coming out tomorrow. Tyshawn is that dude. Yeah. Tyshawn had better win. Tyshawn had better win, so the otherwise we're riding in the streets. <laughs> yeah, Louis, hold, hold your footage, man. It's not your year. I got a random take. Sean Pablo is turning into Lakai era Anthony Papalardo. Say more about that, Mike. It's more of just like a vibe than a, a fully fleshed idea, but he did a, like what, the kid had like two or three clips in here? Something like that. I remember better got- the, uh, the, the sweater than the trick. You, you remember the sweater better than the trick? Yeah, little cardigan. There's it, it, all of a sudden, like the body positioning is very, you know. What <laughs> I mean, did you ever get you guys ever hear pops um, to have had Mr. Burn styles? <laughs> no, but I can see it. Yeah, Sean Pablo's kind of edging towards Burns steez. <laughs> I um. Uh... I like Papalato's part in what was the video that uh, very, very controversial or quote unquote controversial part of it was great. Fully flared. Fully flared. I think the only bad part was uh, um, the Bad Brain song that they picked. It just did not go with the part at all. And the funny thing is his skating would have fit right in with Cherry. And maybe it's just that it seemed like there was some miscommunication that was happening. And I reckon that it, it could have been smoothed over if there had just been some one-on-one conversation. But it seems to be a, a recurring a recurring theme in the history of skateboarding. A lot of stuff that could have been handled with a phone call or an in-person meeting over a slice of pizza or something like that blows up into this. Well, we're quitting the, you know, we're quitting and we're taking the whole team with us. Yeah, I think that's common with a lot of creative folks or people that have been given a long leash. They tend to, I don't know, come up with stories and feel oppressed when they're actually not. But I'm a genius. Can't you tell? (laughs) Yeah, I think I think we. We appreciated Papalardo for the level of genius that he had, and maybe he thought that he had more more than we than we saw. And, and he, I don't even think he was um, he had big ideas about himself. I just think that you know it was a, a, a clash of ideas. And I like the little nod to Papalardo in this video when they run into one of his uh, on again off again coworkers. Because if I recall, uh, he's what journeyman lighting, right? He's in film and television, or is he a carpenter? I have no idea. All I know is that. Uh, He's paid, he's doing all right, and apparently he's still skating whenever he can. So shout out to you, Anthony Papalardo, the skater, because in our world, there's only one Anthony Papalardo, and that's the writer. Shout out to the homie. He's got more staying power than the skater, even though the writer is also a skater. Were the reaction shots, let's rephrase, did the reaction shots of like kids grabbing their faces after a trick was done get increasingly ridiculous for you guys? Cringe. Yeah, I thought some of the, the like homie reaction stuff was a little overdone. I did appreciate in the subway kickflip, we see one of the homies has two flashes in his hands. He's like a human light stand, and I just thought oh, that yeah. was kind of funny. That's always good. I like the old heads who were watching, uh, who were sitting on the stairs. That was great. because You could tell they were genuinely enthused. For the Nick Stain, Ollie. Nolly, excuse me. Yeah. I feel like those guys would fuck up my session. I like... I don't know, I'm not really a people person, so having strangers, like, up in my business while I'm trying to, like, handle something, I'd probably just be like, let's let's come back tomorrow or something. I don't know, I guess it's the kind of thing that would get me hyped, and it seemed like those guys were just hanging out, it seemed like a nice day, and also, it's Nick Stain. It's Nick Stain. Come on, man. He seems kind of like me. He seems, like, a little reserved. I want you to get out, get out the business. Okay, so then, I think the only other, the only other question I have is this. If you all could pick somebody to do this video, same skaters, maybe the same music, a different filmer, who would it be? Ooh, that's a fun question. I mean, I'll my... start Naquan, Naquan Rawlings. I think I like Naquan's New York better than Bill Strobeck's New York. I'm just picking the dude who's making the best skate videos right now. That's Grant Yansura. I was thinking Grant Yansura too. 
you know, Supreme Cats are too serious for skits. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go with, um, shit, who? I'm going to go with Chris Mulhern. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yo. Okay. I think the Mulhern Supreme video would be supremely awesome, and we would see all the tricks looking really nice. Mm-hmm. It would be a different New York, you know? It would be a little more jazz. Ooh. Some, some some clock face time lapses, a little bit more mist. Yeah, yeah, you get the the um, steam business people feet going across the crosswalk. Yeah. Oh wow, that would be wow, that would be really, really, really good. <laughs> wow. Now that I think about it, somebody should just call you know Supreme. Call the homie Chris. The, oh, by the way, have you noticed that we haven't said a word about Cater? Yeah, he had some good tricks in there. That. Backside 50-50 was really dope. And then um, I'm always a, just a sucker for one-footers. So the one-foot backside nose grind. Mm-hmm. What is that? Like the police station rail or whatever? Yeah. One police plaza? It's just wild. I mean, that, that's shout out to you, homie. <laughs> I get the feeling one day Strobeck is going to... Strobeck and, and, and his fellow filmers are going to get arrested because sometimes it seems like they're a little bit too in people's faces. Remember in, uh, in, um, in Blessed and there's a security guard, he's yelling at Tyshawn and his crew. So like, you're going to catch a stroke or a heart attack or something, man. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think skaters, pack mentality keeps keeps you pretty safe. You know, you roll with a big crew and security guard can't really do too much. I guess so. But oof. I don't know if you ever have, uh, have been uh, asked to get up against the wall with a whole bunch of your friends, hands behind your back, going through IDs and everything. like That's not fun. I imagine police in New York City are much busier than they are in the nearby suburbs. Yeah, I imagine most of it is just like, get, get out of here. Or really, it seems like the cops don't care. It's more the security people at the yeah. different buildings. But why? I mean, that's, their job is to protect the property, you know? Like, nobody, nobody should be here unless they're supposed to be here, and you're not supposed to be here, so keep it moving. But stuff can be repainted, dents can be hammered out. You know, that, that's all cost, man. Whatever. Uh, maybe this is why I'd be a terrible security guard. I'd be like those cats in Philly who could be bribed with a pair of DCs and, you know, maybe 50 bucks. I mean, I, I think the security guard... Your supervisor sees you in links and you're fired on the spot, dog. Yeah, yeah for I'll sure. Be fresh as hell. I, I think these security guards probably need the job to pay for their family, like rent and all that stuff. So they're highly motivated to make sure that nothing bad happens on their watch. Reasonable. I get it. I get it. But still, sometimes the way that some of these people react, it's you know, like, first of all, don't climb up on something, you know, then I would, oh, you're going to get caught up in workman's comp court. I would have for sure waited for that guy to walk all the way to climb all the way up because he was struggling just just for laughs. I just wanted the kid to jump down once the guy climbed up there. Just cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. OK, you're up here. Now I'm down here. Fuck you. you know, just like, just, oh, sorry, old man. You need to work on your core strength, man. Come and catch me. Yeah. At the same time, I'm, I'm near the end on those ride-on grinds. Like, we have all this drama with these security people, and then the guy, like, he dropped high from it. But, like, all right, ride-on back 50-50. Yeah, it wasn't that cool. There was a cool one. It was, like, a ride-on 5-0 on a curved ledge, like a real tight curve. I enjoyed that yeah. one. I think it was, uh, what's his name? Troy Gibson did, like, a crook, and then the nollie shove it out behind him. But yeah, it was like, like an inside ledge, that was pretty sick. Yeah. We just need more juice than like some of these moves are. I don't know if I've fleshed this theory out on this podcast before, but is there no such thing anymore as a dork trick, especially with this, like, uh, our boy Sully in mind? I think it's all about how you present it. I mean, it's like basically you just run a dork trick as a serious trick, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, it's when you ride away, if you, if you keep looking... Straight ahead, that's not a dork trick. But if you look back Damn. at the crew, maybe give them a smile or a laugh, then that's a dork trick. So everything is fair game. I, I, think, I didn't I say that. I, I think the culture is pushing us towards everything is fair game. So There's a, a lot of cool guys doing bad tricks in this video. <laughs> so when do we get to the point where you're starting to get to see people trying to emulate the weirdest of the weird from 1281, questionable videos like that that really took that really took skateboarding into another level in the early 90s i i think we're seeing it and i, I just think people are better skaters now you know they're doing you know a 360 flip nose blunt on a picnic table instead of on a curb and just just by the fact that it's big and they're holding it and it's done clean 
it's you know past the realm of like a dork trick or like a cringe kind of trick i'm I'm thinking more of like pop shove it tail grabs you know the ollie finger flip down a big set of stairs where i see that that kind of like realm of tricks is a reaction to everybody's good where you know 360 flips are like i don't know ollies for people and they look boring and lifeless they're so easy for these fools and people kind of rebelled against everything being too clean and too proper and you know rightfully too what's the word like within the lines yeah i I do think it's a reaction to like everybody's good and like same with slappy shit which is fun Mm -hmm. but you know it's not it's not necessarily difficult difficult but if you if you came up in a in a certain window in skating slappy is hard because it's like no you learn how to ollie into your 50 50s front side or backside and it's you're not just having to learn how to do a new trick you're also learning to shed a whole bunch of baggage because, you know, we're all within the same age range. And people used to talk a lot more shit during skate sessions when we were coming up. And there was a bit of shame with stuff like slappies or a lot of shame. It's like, that's old school. What you doing that? Oh, dude, I was I was I was brought up to hate pressure flips. So I still just cringe every time I see one. It's not a good trick. The, the coolest one ever done was Cater in I think it was like maybe his uh Here's my Nike footage edit. I forget what it was, but he does one in a schoolyard before like hitting a table and he's hauling ass and it does one on flat ground. Look good. I will not yeah. stand for this Javante Turner and Mike Carroll erasure. Oh, those dude those dudes did those pressure flips and then like a year later, you know they were clowning on anybody that dared do a P flip. Exactly. Yeah. And those guys have plenty of good shit to to appreciate. That's one of the funny things, yeah, with some of, some of the more world-oriented uh, old dudes, some of my older buddies who are, you know, later 40s now, like, just clowning on each other for doing tricks now that are fun and that are fine and wholly accepted, but had they done them in 1993 or whatever, you know everybody was talking mad shit. Did that even make sense? Yeah, it made sense. I mean, cool. Yeah. The climate's changed they're having, skateboarding. They're having fun now doing tricks they would have hated on when younger. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's me. I never would have tried to slap you until, I don't know, six or seven years ago. I've always sucked at nose slides, but, you know, I've discovered that slappy nose slides with a little hop out is one of the most satisfying things in the world. So I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I got to give a shout out to Brian uh, Penbianco. Penbianco? He had oh, one of the best God. moves in the video. That 5 180 fakie nose ground, 180 out. That was yeah, fantastic. That, was, that was a standout for sure. It's like, how do you fucking do that? Like, you just gotta like quink it or something. As yeah, you, you gotta you whip it really hard. Like, you gotta have your front toes hanging over the board and just get it around. This week, we saw Enjoy lose Zach Whalen, Steinen Costa, and Didrik Deeds Galasso. We also saw Andrew Reynolds announce his departure from Vans. They're just four more dudes added to the list of hot free agents. So let's get speculating. Mike, where will Andrew Reynolds' feet end up? I'm trying to remember when they made it official with Vans that Andrew Reynolds was on for this departure to happen, but it was pretty obvious he was getting a lot of shoes from Vans and enjoying the hell out of it. I feel like there's a little bit of smoke coming from uh, Andrew Reynolds' uh, New Balance pairing, and that's only secondhand from reading people more tuned into Instagram on Twitter. But yeah, I could see him in New Balance, and um, I think I've brought up this idea before, but... He's got to just be having the best time, like wearing whatever shoes he really wants after 20 years on America. And buddy, let me tell you, you get into some of those uh, New Balance numerics, it's a whole new world, baby. <laughs> yeah, his feet have got to be thanking him for leaving Vans behind. Wow, yes. this is this is peak 40 plus energy. Like, <laughs> hey, where's man. the fiber, man? <laughs> I'm thankful for going back to cup soles. Yeah, I had to stop wearing Vans at like 30 because my feet were hurting. So, I mean, it, it seems like pretty much a foregone conclusion that Reynolds is headed to New Balance. He's wearing them in, in the Supreme video. He's been wearing them on Instagram and stuff. Oh, um, shit, I didn't even notice in the, the video today. I think the, the N was cut off. I think uh, they were anonymized. Stealth balance. Yeah. But we, we got a few others. What about these Enjoy guys? What do you think is going to happen there? Any theories? Ooh, I have a theory that there's going to be a bunch of people floating without board sponsors for a while. There was a rush for people to start new brands during the pandemic, but because of manufacturing delays, supply chain issues, a lot of stuff didn't really pan out. I mean, for example, we didn't, we never got an Atlantic Driftboard brand, which really, really sucks. 
And in the show notes, I see that somebody pointed out there's a whole bunch of people who are still boardless, but does it really matter? We have talked quite a bit about not having a board sponsor on this podcast, but it seems weird that all these guys are leaving Enjoy at once. So then a follow-up question for both of y'all is, should Enjoy just call it a day? I mean, they still got fans. They're still a cool company. And as a follow-up question to that, should all these folks just stay free agents and find a shoe company to foot the bill? Or an energy drink sponsor, or I don't know, uh, watch sponsors like that. I don't know. Enjoy put out an edit recently that I didn't watch. <laughs> it is kind of, Enjoy was so tied to the certain personalities where I'm never going to call, well, maybe I would, <laughs> but I wouldn't call for Enjoy to just pack it up, pack it in and, you know, go away. I mean, Deeds will probably end up somewhere. Zach Wallen, I mean, he he's a good skater. Danyan's a good skater. I don't know. Like, it's, it's interesting to th- see three people leave all at once. You wonder if its contracts are up. You know, I, I guess, you know, in the opaque world of uh, competitive skateboarding, to call it something funny and not exactly perfectly descriptive, we never quite know what's going on. It could have been contracts. It could have quit. It could have been whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's a little dust in the wind on that one. Um, some of those Ad- Atlantic Drift names are interesting. Like, Tom Knox has juice and, you know, would... Uh, would be good on a brand, and I have no idea what brand, honestly. I do think these, uh, you know, skaters still need a board sponsor, even if it's going to pay them like X hundred dollars per month, and they get skateboards to ride. Because I don't think you got to have a you got to have a certain level of sway, a bit of juiciness to actually, you know, do your own brand or or exist without an actual sponsor. Yeah, and Tom Knox, if I recall, he's married, he's got kids, he's he's very very busy. So is it worth taking all that time and effort to start up a board brand, especially when, you know, very, very high risk and no guarantee of reward? They should put them on chocolate. Here's Tom Knox on chocolate. Make it happen. That'd be an interesting move. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Tom Knox is not a company boss kind of guy. Like he doesn't seem like he's got that vision or got the, he's not like a team captain. You know, like you look at numbers, which was like, you know, it was like a super team with no no captain, no leader, no creative voice. It was just the thing about this company is that all these guys rip. And the company's got to be about more than that. I think it's super sad that we didn't get an Atlantic Drift brand because I've said this many times before, filmers make the best brand guys. Mm. So they're already good at creating a narrative so they can create a brand narrative just like a video narrative. Absolutely. And Atlantic Drift, we all love those edits, but it's hard. It's really difficult to start a skateboard company in 2022, about to be 2023. Yeah, and I I think Atlantic Drift could have been too tasteful of a brand to do well. You know, like Aesthetics or Mm. 917 maybe. Like, I I think that the market for that kind of uh, brand is pretty small, whereas like Enjoy or Pizza or Skate Mental... Like, there's a huge market for people who want a silly graphic. I've never seen a pizza board in real life. I've seen a bunch of them out here. Oh, speaking of pizza, Vincent Milou is uh, now on Adidas. Yep. I mean, he, yeah, he, I don't think, was a free agent for very long. He went straight from Globe to Adidas. Yeah, it was, it was rumored. I think that last part of his was a footage drop. That's a right. new thing, though, because there was always, you know, back in the day, it was, the footage was just gone. It, it was what it was. You know, and it would it, just be in limbo. In this environment where everybody wants content, you can't can't let those clips go to waste. I'm sure even the new company is like, yeah, put it out, get them clicks. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. taps. Yeah. Taps. I guess the, the, the other question is, you know, it, you know, we were talking about the changing of the guard in the Supreme video and talking about right now, it feels like there's a, a new moment. We're on the verge of a new moment or a new era in skating. You know, we've been living under the shadow of Cherry for the better part of the last decade. And Supreme's grip on the culture is, has been loosening for some time. It, you know, no brand can have the juice forever. But are we seeing any hints about what's going to be next? You know, or what is skateboarding going to be reacting to from right now? I think, I I think mean, we're like right in the middle of... 90s revival norm corey kind of and i think that the next phase will be more of like a high-minded uh clean aesthetic 
So we're going 1995 again, as opposed to yeah, we're we're gonna see like uh, aesthetics, Don Pendleton, Charlie Harper type, you know, Swiss grid type shit. Yeah, I caught a I caught a it it snowed a bunch here, so I caught an indoor skateboard session today, like midday. There was a kid who looked straight out of '93, and he even somehow skated like he was straight out of '93. Like, same. How do you like, skate like? How do you skate wrist, like it was '93? Like, just like his arm style, and like it was interesting. But my like the buddies agreed. We're like, where would this dude come from? I could see more of that before before a course correction into something cleaner. I'm envisioning Templeton. You got me envisioning like the uniform. You know, some white tees and like light wash jeans and. White leather, yeah. What 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 would the shoe be? Sal twenty threes. Well, tan Sal twenty threes all day every day. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's gonna be like a like a Grant Taylor low blazer in white with a gum sole or something, you know? Oh, okay. I got my all white gazelles and they're fucking fresh. Dang. No stripes. They're just like just clean. Templeton shoe game is very on point. I'm jealous that you have those uh, Mark Suchu the green joints because I miss those and I regret every day. Yeah, they're cooked, but I haven't gotten rid of them yet. I'd be stoked to have another pair, which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Right. Well, I am stoked on quite a bit this week. Bong, first of all, Spitfire Wheels, straight out of San Francisco, California. I'm stoked on the very new Gino Iannucci out there, which is on Thrasher. Congrats to Gino and his partner, who are both new parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Jack, Connor, and Andreas for getting me out to Adult Swim Night at El Sereno Skate Park here in L.A. Y'all should come. I'll come through with the Bluetooth. We'll play some, some fresh house, a little freestyle for you. Uh, Shouts to Teso from Instagram slash Skate Twitter for showing me, helping me unlock Switch Frontside Shoves. Uh, it was great to meet you, homie. And finally, non-stop World Cup drama in this run-up to the knockout phase. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Ooh, I'm stoked on... Uh... New wheels and bearings. I was absolutely gliding today at the skateboard park. It was fantastic. I cooked my old bearings. I'm, I might be able to revive them with some turpentine, but I, I, I punked out and tried to like just put some like bike chain grease on them. Don't do that. Don't do what I did. And also Formula Fours, perhaps the best wheel I've ever you know out there. I'm good. I'm just going out without there. And also the biggest advance in any skateboard hardware-related item, I don't know, since urethane wheels. Those wheels never wear out. It's insane. So yeah, get some new wheels and bearings if you haven't treated yourself and um, reap the benefits as you just glide through the world. Templeton, what are you stoked on? Uh, I'm also stoked on new wheels every time I um, set them up. It's like feels like such a treat. New board, new wheels is like the best feeling. Like, you know, you yeah, got broken in trucks and everything. I'm new wheels, 52 classics, F4. I did Swiss, and I also set up the new board. And yeah. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Uh, other than that, I'm stoked on two rival podcasts, The Bunt and Vent City. Uh, the recent Nick Basario episode of The Bunt is one for the books. Uh, Nick seems like a really good guest, as you might imagine. And then Vent City had a really good episode. It's called, Do You Mean Switchbackside Tail Slides? And it's just kind of um, a series of phone calls between Ted and the different Vent City regulars. It's good listening, and I might even steal that format for like a holiday episode or something. So, you know, listen to that and keep an ear out for um, our impression of that. And uh, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about uh, and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle each. At M. Munzenreiter. Patrick, where are you on the internet? You can find me on the internet under the handle at Pikigongo on Instagram or on Twitter at Colonel K. Speaks and also as the acting executive board chair with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Templeton, where can people find you on Bobby Digital's lovely internet thanks to bobby digital for the internet uh you can find me on instagram at mostly skateboarding and on twitter at mostly skate you guys next week